Superkicks.com offers cool streetwear and apparel at great prices. Shipping worldwide, thanks to the guys at Superkicks, you can get 10% off your order by using the code SWN at the checkout. That's Superkicks.com, pro wrestling apparel. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN Podcast. I am your host, Billy, as always. This week, I am joined by Europe's largest athlete, uh, Kuma. Welcome to the show. How's it going, Billy? Thanks very much for having me, and hello to everybody out there. I'm, I'm not, not bothered at all. I'm glad to have you on. I hope you're you're doing well. Trying to. This, uh, this COVID is... Uh... Well, it's surpassed its limits for my tolerance, but you just have to keep going, I guess. But yeah, I'm starting to get kind of kind of getting fed up with it now. I want to go beat people up again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just not much fun. You won't be able to do much uh, with the whole uh, two meter rule, six foot. I don't know what the rules are nowadays. I just know that I'm not. I should really leave the house. That's kind of all I'm, I'm going with. At the yeah, no, I, I try and just avoid people like the plague and just keep myself to myself. That's the only thing you can really do. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we used to start with the, the boring, normal question, which is how did you get into pro wrestling? I know we did an interview with you about two years ago, but uh, for those that haven't read it for whatever reason, which they should be, uh, how did you get into pro wrestling? Well, uh, first of all, you should be reading everything you guys put out. Anyway, um, I mean, long and short, you know, like everybody else, I've loved wrestling since I was a kid. Um, you know, like I remember getting... Hasbro's when I was like four years old and you know like I just loved loved wrestling you know it's always been like all my wife hates when I say this but wrestling will always be my first love it was the first thing I kind of I gravitated to and you know like no matter what part of my life I can go back to in my like in my uh, kind of memories or whatever wrestling's always there you know um, in the good times the bad times you know, it was always a, a crutch for happiness it was always uh, distraction, it was always a reward. Um, so, like, obviously, I'm a, I'm a human based person. So, like, as I were older and kind of discovered, you know, you can do this, you know, you can, you can go to these places and, and you can train and you can go on shows and you can become like those guys in the TV. Obviously, six foot eight big guy, doors open relatively quick. So, you know, like, it was just kind of a right place, right time for me. I kind of given up hope of doing it, you know, as I got older. I trained about 12 years ago, um, had a bad training experience, got told that I couldn't do certain things, I would never be able to be a wrestler. And then, you know, it was until like years later when I actually sat and spoke to someone who, even they were talking about, they said, well, look at the size of you, you should be doing the things other people are doing. So once I learned like the, the psychology, kind of got the confidence aspect that I was missing, into kind of into my mind, you know, it kind of just went hand in hand with, with everything. You know, it's like one big long journey. I suppose, I suppose is the right way to have a long-winded answer, but um, like just a just a long lifetime journey, basically. <laughs> so yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, you're not going to be uh, learning like the, the same drills as others. You're not going to be doing the the, the over the ropes, and you're not going to need to learn to go from the top rope initially, as long as um, you keep your kind of I don't know, cardio in check kind of stuff like that is it's not um you don't need to 
do the same things other people do in order to get the same reaction or you get more of a reaction, I suppose, as well. Um, who are your favourites growing up then? So the Hasbros, so I'm assuming that was, you're, you're a new gen, maybe just into the new gen or around about the... You know, I'm, I'm 30, I always forget all that. I'm either 33 or 34. I think I'm 33. I think I'm 33. Um, so it was like, yeah, fucking the Coliseum home video generation, I call it, you know, like, when everybody's getting like, um, you know, like, like the Albert Hall, like VHS. Like I remember getting like the, uh, like I, I remember getting WCW tapes, which is pretty unheard of. You know, like when I was growing up, my my granny was a like a big car boot sale attender. She was like going all these things, and uh, I remember just getting like random videos. As I say, like pretty young when I went to it, but like I always go back to like Bret Hart's my favourite of all time, which. For me, like a big guy, is probably maybe one of your traditional kind of choices, but him and uh, here's my first prop of the day. My uh, signed Yokozuna hit by then. Uh, I'd say him and him and Brett's my two favourites. Honourable mention, Legion of Doom. Big boss man, he's up there as well, but like I was never really into like your Hulk Hogan's and Warriors and stuff. I appreciate them, and like you can't not speak about that era without mentioning them, but like, I was always, like, a fan of, like, mid-card guys. I don't know why, just... I love Texas Tornado. Like, in Hasbro, he was one of my favourites. He always got pushed really, really high up. Um, but, like, that, like, the tanka, like, the mountain... Like, guys like this, just characters more than the actual wrestling that I just suppose is what grabs your attention, isn't it? You know, so... Um, but, yeah, I'd say Brett and Yoko is one and two for me, personally. But how about you? But who's your face? Oh, well, I, I, I was up in the uh, actually areas when I started. We're not actually that different in age. I am 30. So uh, I was just, then just as you were starting then, I was I was a couple of years after you, which was the actually era. So Jeff Hardy yeah. was my favourite, uh, which seems to be quite a big favourite for a lot of people that have been interviewed so far, which are my age. Uh, Jeff Hardy yeah. seems to be the top one. Um, but yeah, the Hardys in general. Uh, and then obviously, I'm kind of the same. Uh, the ones that are... The ones that you class as your boys would be the, the one. I don't know if you watch West Ham Review, but the ones that you class, they weren't, they weren't the best ones. Like your D'Lo Brown, love D'Lo Brown, uh, Billy Gunn, yeah. uh, Scott Joy, just those kind of characters. They're not going to be world champion anytime soon, but they're just great to watch. I always, uh, I always found that kind of guys when you went to live shows as well, were always the most fun with the crowd and the most interaction as well. You know, like you're more likely to have an interaction with like Dio Brown, as you say, than probably are Shawn Michaels or whatever, you know. So, like, they always had more fun with the crowd at live shows as well. Like, I, I, I mean, I've probably been fun with live shows in my life, you know, like, I'd be, like used to travel over like Europe to see them when I was a kid. Um, but like there was always like the guys were like the mid card always had more time for you as well. You know, mm -hmm. I remember being like thirteen and being like an absolute like fanboy standing speaking to Rhino for like fifteen minutes outside the exhibition center in Aberdeen. You know, and, like all the other top guys, Batista and stuff, just them say hello to you, but just like straight at the bus, no time for you. But Rhino just do and answer questions. You know, like I'm I'm standing like firing questions left, right, and center, and he's answering them all. Uh, so like I always try and. Think of that as well as an wrestling. Like I remember being like that age when people ask me questions. And, yeah, I, I try and give people my time as well. But it's like that kind of is your same level. Like Dilo Brown, guys like that. Like Steve Blackman was one of my favorite guys, and yeah. I just loved him. I don't know why. Just just gravitated towards him. Dan Seven was another one. Just 
I just like brawlers when I go up to that kind of age, you know, actually do that, you know, just, just like guys just look like you could punch your face in. It turns out those guys actually could punch your face in as well. So Yeah, uh, it was, it was the same that. for like uh, Perry Saturn. I don't know why. Yeah. I think my, my, my mate had a, a Perry Saturn action figure. It just looked like the coolest thing in the world because he was like yeah. bald headed, covered in tattoos, got the, the, rest, the, the fist strapped up and he just looked like a, a menace. And he was in the ring, just unfortunate things just didn't go his way. But yeah, Perry Saturn was one that was just like, I like you, but I've, I don't I don't know why I should, but I do. You know, yeah. test. We, we could be here for a while speaking about just just random mid mid carders that for some reason I loved them. Oh, yeah, test was another one which I was gutted he never went anywhere when EC. Uh, well, it was his own destruction, but I uh, never went anywhere when ECW came back, and I thought he could have been a he could have been a contender. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mr. 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 Kennedy being another one. Anyway, right, we're, we're going to go just ramble about awesome. Yeah, as you say, that, that could be a 10 series podcast in the two, you know? Absolutely. Um, it's entitled, Why Ken Anderson is Great. <laughs> An hour. <laughs> um, so for yourself, uh, I have on Cage Match saying that you made your earning debut in 2015. Uh, however, on your Facebook, it started in 2018. So Cage Match has so far been very wrong. For a lot of things. Mike Musso was trained by Dan the Beast Severn, but according to it, for example. Um, no. Is that right? <laughs> uh, so I started doing, I uh, started training in 2016, I think it was. 16, I think it is. Well, hold on. Yeah, 16. Debuted 17. In May 2017, I think it was. And I've done like a hundred and I worked this in as well. I think it's about a hundred and hundred and twenty-five or twenty-six shows or something I've done or, or like like I think it's like hundred and twenty-five shows but like hundred and forty matches or something. It's it's a kind of happened, which is pretty respectable for a guy that works full time as well. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, pretty happy with that. But, um, so that yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2000 and it was 5th of May 2017 I debuted in Mintwa. Um and I started training like six months before that. So it would have been 2016. So it was, uh, that would be United Pro then, United Pro Wrestling, uh, as under the name of Johnny Pugs. Uh, that would yeah. have been the case. I don't know what I was thinking with that then, but yeah, it is what I Um, I assume the name was You Have a Pug. <laughs> was, was that just just the kind of yeah. thought behind it, or was there anything a bit more well, deeper? I thought like a businessman, right? Because it's family shows, right? Everybody, like I have actually dogs, like pugs. Everybody, especially children, love pugs. So I'll have like pugs merchandise, I'll heap like loads of stuff for the merch tables as well. So from the business side of things, it was very lucrative, like of some lot of merchandise. But like in my head, you know, like. I have a lot of friends and family in New York, right? So I'm obsessed with the Mafia. Like, The Sopranos is my favourite TV show of all time. So one of the guys I know from America was telling me stories about when he lived in Brooklyn, a local gangster was called Tony Dogs because he had big dogs, right? So when I was training, you're trying to think of these characters, and I didn't want to be. So I actually really called myself uh, Johnny DeBear, right? Like French, like DeBear. But I just thought it was a bit weird. So I decided not to, and I felt like, well, I didn't go for this like mafiosa character. 
like a, almost like a, a mafia heavy kind of idea. And when I first got told I was going to choose, I was originally going to be like a bodyguard until I got further on the training, but I, I managed to kind of like accelerate through and got like a pretty like semi decent level pretty quick. So I ended up wrestling, but like looking back, probably wasn't the best character choice, but it is what it is, and you can't change it past, so you just have to kind of roll with it, right? So, um, I think Kuma is a far more fitting name and kind of character for, for who I am, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, no, rest in peace, Johnny Pugs. You never know, he might come back one day, but not for the foreseeable. <laughs> It's it's a bit more grander. It's like, it's like your Yokozuna's, yeah, yeah, like the, the the big beast kind of name. Uh, but yeah, Johnny Pugs. I remember seeing the. Uh, uh, so I went to a few uh, UPW shows when they came to Bucky, but um, you, I never saw yourself at them. Um, but I did notice there was things like the the foam paws and the, and uh, other pug merchandise, and uh, you have the notorious pugs kind of stuff, and uh, you def, definitely. You definitely took took uh, full advantage of the of the merch opportunities with the name because uh, I, I saw the t-shirts everywhere yeah. for a bit. So. Yeah, no, and it was it was good, and uh, you know it was weird because I don't know what it was about Bucket. Like every time they're on a show in Bucket, I always worked other places. It was just ever just ever always worked out. Um, Bucket is one I actually I was gutted I missed because the actual venue is quite a good venue. I I actually found that venue, um, and it, it was a it was a good venue. Um, but it was just we just never kind of fall into the same kind of ditch you know like I was kind of I kind of took off relatively well when I started I was getting booked a lot of places straight away so it's like I, I couldn't just write off dates all the time for working near home like I, I preferred going further afield too because you learn more in different walking rooms like what bigger names and stuff, you know, like you're, you're getting under different learning trees and not like just wrestling the same guys all the time. So that's why I always tried to like do as much as I physically could elsewhere as well as working around here as well. But Bucky's kind of was always the one that got away, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, they were great shows. So saying that, you, you, I do have a list of countries that you've you've wrestled in. Uh, so this is what I've got. Uh, we've got obviously Scotland, England, usuals, uh, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Ireland. Uh, did you did you have you wrestled in New York as well? No, you you visit there. Did did have you? I've been. I haven't wrestled in New York. I was actually meant to, and I was meant to wrestle in Vegas as well this year, but that's kind of went to the wayside. But um, I've done. Um, I did a like a guest appearance in New York uh, for a podcast a couple of years ago, and I did uh, some filming for the Practical Jokers as well. Um, I have that noted. Uh, Yes, uh, bodyguard um, for Sloppy Joe. Yes, my good mate, John, uh, Sloppy Joe, aka Johnny Lone. So, hello, Sloppy, you're no doubt going to be watching this. So, hello. You'll be expecting a shout out. Uh, well, oh, I'm Finland. I've got Finland on my list as well. Uh, I've written Scam Wrestling, but I'm assuming that's Slam, and that's just my writing that's went already yeah, there. Yeah, so, um, so I, was a, I was a bit premature putting that on the list because the show got cancelled, but I've been rebooked for the next one. So um, that should have, like, like the, the promoter and I are relatively friendly. He's a really nice guy. So it once been a show, but just obviously COVID's just made it's almost impossible to get anywhere international just now if you're around here. Like Helsinki's pretty tight to get into as well. So nobody wants to let British people in. <laughs> uh, 
I wonder why. <laughs> it's, it's 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 not like uh, everything has gone gone to pot at this end of the <laughs> this end of the world uh, with, with uh, trying to control everything. Um, so one, so we'll start with uh, Scotland. So United Pro Wrestling, of course, is no longer around, uh, but their company that you do work for in Scotland is uh, Discovery Wrestling, uh, yes. where you are managed by uh, Dean. Is it AS? 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 I think it's Ayas. Dean Ayas. Twisted Genius. Yes. Um, so how, how did that partnership come about? Um, well, he's a, we got a, a tremendous kind of reputation from like back in the day. You know, he was very active in the, in the British scene when, you know, not a lot of people were. He was getting booked all over the country when not a lot of people were. And like, as in terms of promos, like, He's just amazing, you know. Like the shows I've done with him, it was just like he just like everybody instantly hates him, you know, like unbelievable. So I think uh, the kind of demeanor most places want you to have is big guys don't talk; they just destroy. So uh, the idea was to get me a, a mouthpiece, and it was the best mouthpiece you could probably find in, in the UK. So it was just something kind of discovery came about with, and. Uh, the child and it seems to work you know so the last time um, the last two shows are supposed to do for discovery have been cancelled due to covid as well so it's just it's been a bit of a nightmare but it's a partnership i'm, I'm hoping to get back and you know like uh, like discovery is my favorite promotion to work for i just i just love it you know like the walking with people there is great alan the owner is amazing and the guys like darren goss who to be honest with you, he probably doesn't get enough notoriety in, uh, in wrestling. The guy's brain is unbelievable. You know, when you sit and speak to him, he's, he's just got these ideas. He's got like an old school mentality. And so do I. You know, like I prefer old school wrestling to modern wrestling. So, like, just the way like he comes up with things and like he mentors a lot of people that you wouldn't even think of. You know, like a lot of people send things off of him just for opinions. And, you know, the, the best thing about him is good or bad, you'll get the truth. And that's something it's kind of. People won't always tell you the truth, so he's uh, probably one of the most uh, unsung heroes that I've, I've came across in Iceland. Same with uh, Alan, the owner of Discovery. He's, he's really good to give people chances and, and kind of promote younger talent and up and coming talent, especially in Scotland. You know, like he's, you see a lot of people in his shows, you don't see other places. Uh, yeah, just uh, Discovery's an ace. That's just the only statement I can really say about it, you know. I haven't had the pleasure to go down yet, uh, which is which is killing me because yeah, you know, when when I first uh, started, well, for my 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 two appearances in Scottish wrestling shows, um, Alan was was a really uh, great guy to speak to, and and if I went down to, to the shows in Dundee, uh, he'd always be the guy that I'd end up um, hanging out with most of the evening, uh, and and just not even speak about wrestling, just just speaking and just having a good uh, good time with. Uh, Darren, uh, again, it's not someone I've actually met, but when that first appearance uh, happened, he was supposed to be there doing a promo in the ring with me and others as well, uh, including Alex, who's the co-owner of Discovery. And uh, yeah, yeah he, he messaged me saying, oh, I can't make this to the show, but... And he gave me some pointers and tips, so he didn't have to do that. I was just some... Uh, for better for worse, I would call myself a strob at that point. I was just a guy that was just thrust into this position because I was a bit too eager. And uh, yeah, he just, he didn't have to contact me, didn't have to, to say anything nice to me, but he just took, he went out of his way to make sure that I wasn't going to 
totally screw up. I did, but uh, he made <laughs> he at least attempted <laughs> to to give me some pointers not to. So we'll all be there. No, he's, he's a good guy, and um, you know, and that's the thing. You know, like for promos and stuff, and his management works brilliant. Uh, probably nobody's not really seen it as much as it probably should have appeared, but like he's done some stuff for Radcliffe and. Like he's just great, and he's just a heat magnet, you know. And he's he's uh, he's like the, the best. He's the best parts of Bobby Heenan and Jim Cornette together, you know. But they they the mouth and like he can talk like you wouldn't believe. Him. He's very very good. Uh, so hopefully you can see some of that sometime. Now, if you can try and get down sometime, I'm going down. Maybe car fair or something. We'll get you. We'll get you down. Something you've got to see in, in person. You like the the crowd's great, great, like the, the talent's great, it's just like, it's just a good variety show, it's just got everything, you know, to, to, to do Yeah, I mean, I've watched them on, when, when they put them up on YouTube, and when they had their on-demand for a bit, so I, I do love the product, I, I mean, uh, every time that, uh, I, my, my, I've only been to Edinburgh twice in my lifetime, one was for a wrestling show, which I didn't really get to enjoy, because I was driving, uh, I was driving wrestlers about, so I was like, more like just going right. I don't know this place. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just to take these guys to the airport and back. I don't. I don't know anything, so I didn't really get to enjoy it. But uh, my wife's like, right, we're going to Edinburgh. So she's trying to get the line, the the dates aligned for a trip to go down and to squeeze in some wrestling at the same time. So it'll happen eventually. It's just getting the obviously places need to be open and shows need to be on. Yeah. But, Hoping to, to marry them both together. <laughs> yeah, there. You know, it seems like a lifetime away just now, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, just my, as of time of recording, um, my memories came up yesterday on Facebook, and it was the last show I went to was a year ago. And it doesn't feel like a year ago, but at the same time, it feels like a million years ago. It, just, I know. Like, it was I looking at it going, how was that only last year? And oh my God, it was last year. <laughs> it's just madness. The other company you work for in Scotland, or worked at, is uh, Reckless Intent. Yeah. A couple of appearances there, uh, where you had the uh, David versus Goliath match. I don't know if it was called anything else, but that's how I'm referring it to, uh, with Wee <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah. So so for folks that aren't aware, because um, you you're, you're a little bit hunched down in that video, can't get the full scope of you. I've got a question from Aspen Faith, which kind of... Uh, falls into this, I don't want to be too rude when I say this, our Donovan style. How much does this guy weigh? Uh, in this current time, uh, I think I'm about, I haven't weighed myself in a while, but I'm probably around 39 stone maybe, or somewhere around there. So fair chunk of lad, big loon, as I say locally, uh, six foot eight. Um, so just a huge human being that can move, so it's uh, kind of my, my big selling point, I suppose. So, um, so I didn't look up Wee Jimmy, it, it was it wasn't a reckless intent site, but I didn't actually write down, but Wee Jimmy's probably about four foot one, and uh, nine stones yeah. soaking wet. So, um, yeah. what was it like going into that kind of match? <laughs> it was different, uh, I'll give you that. Um, Jimmy is like, he's, he's got basic training, um, he's, not, he's not a wrestler, I'm telling myself, you know, he can bump, he can do the basics. And that's one thing about Reckless, you know, like, as a company, like, uh, I haven't worked there since, since Mikey owned it, um, but they made sure everybody, like, they, would, they don't want anybody in there that's not competent. So, like, I was, I was kind of worried about it, and, you know, like, because he's, he's not a wrestler, like, 
not much guys as us or people my size, but he's never really had anything. Matches, Jimmy's always just been kind of like comedic relief in shows, you know, like you'll, you'll take bumps and you'll get involved. And he's never really, I believe he hasn't had a match until that point. So we just kind of went through things over and over, kept it simple and just kept me serious and him his comedy. And it worked out very well, you know, like it was actually good fun. Um, it's all like quite crazy views on YouTube as well. I can't remember. There's like 10,000 views or something. And it's like quite a lot of views anyway. Um, but it was uh, it was fun. It was good. And uh, like Jimmy was a good sport about it, you know. And it's just like when you're my kind of general size of human being, like you can't really afford to take yourself too seriously. So it was quite nice to not just like also I'm still a big angry monster, but like to have that kind of glimmer of comedy in it as well it was quite fun as well it was a break from the norm for me so I actually really enjoyed the match it was one of the like the story made sense it doesn't matter if you've seen a million wrestling matches or zero wrestling matches you understood the dynamics you understood what was happening and you understood that I went to kill it but I just couldn't quite figure out how to do it you know so it was it was, it was good it was fun <laughs> Um, so that, that's that's your that's your Scotland experience. Um, you're, you're current. Am I right in thinking you're still the current uprawl? Are you the heavyweight champion still, or are you the tag team champion? I know you're uh, uprawl. I was the I was the heavyweight champion, but actually uh, the belt was. I've not technically lost it. I never got pinned or submitted, so I lost it in a triple threat match. So I had a uh, Joe Biggs up in bear hug, and I'd already choke slammed. Uh, G. Oliver, boom, and then Bones came out with a stark knee. Me and Bones got a big match coming up, hopefully, when this is all said and done. When I had Joe in the bear hug, it was just a way to tap, and I threw him down to go for bad bones. And when I when I went for bad bones, uh, Joe Biggs had landed on top of, of G. Oliver and got the pin. So it was no one doing, you know, I had the both right there for the, for the take in. And, I just kind of stupidly went for bad bones when I shouldn't have, you know, so I'm technically not the champ anymore, but it won't be for long, but that will be coming up soon. I, I am, I'm still a, tag, a world tag team champion in Germany. I've still got one of my belts. <laughs> that actually perfect segue, because uh, there's a lot of, but you, you put out on social media quite a lot that, that you're you're quite close to bad bones. Uh, of course, uh, for he used to be, he, he was in TNA for a bit, I think, as well. Yeah. Uh, and of course, all over Europe, including WX Dub. Um, so, how did that friendship strike up? Uh, you, you wouldn't think uh, Bad Bones himself is German, of course. Uh, so, of course, we how how did how did that friendship come about? Well, you know, it's just uh, it's just wrestling's like one of the most like as you know, it's one of the most like weirdest like situations and industries you can be in. But you know, it was just one day he was booked for Discovery, I was booked for Discovery, and then the next night I was booked in Germany and he was booked in Germany. So we just like travelled together and spent time together and just take it off, you know, and like, I must have done 25, 30 shows with him. Like, he's came up here, he's, like, he's, he's um, stayed, we've stayed together in, like, Jack uh, Morris's house, like, me and Jack's also good mates as well. So, like, just traveling a lot together and just, just take it off, you know, just one of those guys that when I eventually do retire, I'll keep in contact with him and I'll probably go for Germany and see him and stuff and, like I've got like quite a good group of mates through wrestling. I'm probably like you know, maybe ten guys that I'm, I'm particularly close with, which is which is good. You know, you meet so much good guys and 
I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a six foot eight, pretty intimidating dude myself. But when you see bad bones in the flesh, he's a pretty intimidating dude as well, you know. And like, yeah, when I introduced myself to him, I was like, got apprehensive about shaking this guy's hand. And he was the nicest guy in the world, like, just got on really well, same sense of humor, you know, like, just like having fun. But we take, we take wrestling seriously, we know, we both have like a Hundred percent focus on the show. I like having fun, and, you know, like just having a bit of caper backstage as well. He's just, he's just a good dude, you know. Just, just you. Know, he's, it was. He's probably like I've wrestled him once, and one of the best matches I've had. You know, he's just so easy to work with, and like he's just, just a true pro. I think it's like to segue a little bit. I think it's an absolute crying shame. You know, like I've got like a list of five or six guys I think should be signed to a promotion. And he's up there at the top, you know, like he's he should be he should be somewhere, you know, he's too good not to be, you know. Uh, which is a bit of a shame, but you never know what time will tell, you know. Absolutely, especially with uh, with things like uh WXW and, and that being uh, closely um linked to WWE, they're the more not feeder systems now, but they're they're promotions that are heavily like kept their eyes on. I mean they're on the network, uh, uh for sake. So uh hopefully yeah. people can can see them in action and, and uh, at least explore them in, in other promotions. Um, so Europe seems to be where you mainly apply your wrestling trade when there was wrestling on. Um, yeah. when, this, when this goes out, it'll be, I think it'll be December. So I'm hoping that there'll be shows back at that point, but who knows at this rate. Um, so yeah, so Europe, so uh, of course we've got power, 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 power. Germany, Power of Wrestling. I thought I wrote Power of Love Power Wrestling. wrestling. Pure, yeah. I thought that's a bit weird. Um, so uh, what promotions in, in Europe uh, have you enjoyed working at? Is all of them or any particular matches out there that that uh, people should try and find and check out? Uh, what was, what's so, it like? I would say overall in Europe, like PWW's been very, very good to me. You know, like, they took me over to Germany for my sixth ever wrestling match. You know, like I was very inexperienced. And you know they've kept me as a as a stable there. You know, like I've been there pretty much in every show since. They fly me over there, and you know, they always look after me. And like I've been one of their like I've been a vendor for you know three years, which is pretty good. You know, and like PWW's always got probably like my domestic home. I would say Discovery now. Like I think a home, I think a Discovery, and I think a home outside of Scotland. I'm saying Power of Wrestling. You know, like. Whenever they're doing shows, I'm also one of the first guys to contact, which is an amazing, like, it's amazing because I'm, like, I'm a big guy, you know, like, when I fly, I'm two seats in a plane, you know, like, they pay for two seats for me every time, you know, they look after me, they, I mean, they're just an amazing, like, company to work for from a wrestling standpoint as well, you know, like, the production is unbelievable, like, these guys have got, like, WWE quality shows, you know, like, when they go to a venue, it's two like lorry loads of stuff, not like a couple of ring vans. This is like they've got their own lorries, all like signposted POW lorries, and it's uh, you know they've got all their own like uh, rigging equipment. They've got all their own like trestles, like obviously with the ring, with staging. You know, it's like they bring a show. They don't just bring like a wrestling. Like, you know, they bring like an experience. You know, and it's it's amazing to see, and you know, like every time. You walk out, you feel like you're part of something special. You know, just like you can feel it coming through the, like you can feel it coming through your body when you go out. The adrenaline's there, you know. And, like don't get me wrong, like I love wrestling for all, all promotions. I just love wrestling, you know. But you know, sometimes when you walk out and it's just like, 
like a hall with the lights on, you know, it's sometimes you've written your music, you've got a crowd, it's good, you know, you, you can get the feeling, but when you walk out somewhere and the, the lights are dimmed and the lights, like they have like a spotlight on you and like smoke machines going off, and flares going off, and like you actually feel like more adrenaline coming through your body. So like they just do everything they can to put on the best shows for the fans, but also the best environment they can for the wrestlers, you know, like they book guys from all over the world, you know, like I've been on shows with like, it's like Doug Williams and Eddie Priest, super crazy. Uh, Alofa, who was LA Smooth, um, ECW. They've got guys like Brody Steele, Joe Doran, um, like some of the Italian guys, Fabio Ferrari, um, Wayne Pace, who's in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling just now. Also, Bambi Killer, he was in WWE. You know, like they've got like just top class guys from all over the world all the time. And it's just like they don't put on half our shows, even though it's a small venue. 200 seats, they'll take guys in from all over the world. You know, like, they want to put on the best product they can every time, which is just pretty unheard of in wrestling, you know? Well, it must be a bit crazy to think that, that you're a guy from, from uh, northeast Mintlaw area. Uh, Mintlaw, uh, like well, we were saying before, Newport Saigo, which will sound totally, like, foreign to a lot of people, but we know we know what Newport Saigo is. Uh, the epicenter of the northeast. Oh, it's, 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 it's the longest main street in Scotland or something like that, if I remember right. Yeah, I think it's the UK. It's, it's a, it's, I think it's the UK. That's, that's all there is, to be honest. And uh, there's, there's a Londis for a bit. <laughs> that, was, that was about it uh, for the, for the years. Oh, <laughs> it was an exciting, exciting place. Um, <laughs> although uh, my favourite fact about Newport Psycho actually was I don't know how it's pronounced, but they've got a big stone in the middle that says, formerly known as Kyak. And I thought, yeah, that seems about right when it comes to... But it's like, I hope you know why it's called Kyak? Huh? Do you know why it's called Kyak? I've got many reasons that probably aren't right. What was... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep it PG. It's because like back in the day, you know, like they've got a local bar at Tungia. There used to be a really big baker's and they used to call things... They were called New Pacifico Cakes. So, and like yeah. the local song for cakes was kyaks. So it was like, so the people, so you used to go for, but it's like a kyaks, and then you would like, just pick my song term, a kyak. So that's why it's like kyak. Well, yeah, I've, I've learned something new, but yeah, it's definitely not the reason why I thought it was called that. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. I, I, I agree with you, by the way. It's just, just uh, it, it is. Uh, it does resemble the smell of a, a baby's diaper. Shall we say? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. It, it, it <laughs> certainly did. Especially with the the wind. Caught, if you caught the wind right, that was yeah. That was your day ruined. Very much. <laughs> same. I used to live in Rothus, and it was the exact same problem because you got the, the pig feed uh, as you go in. So the, the feed plant. Oh, so if you if the wind hit, I was in the other end of the town. Wind hit right. That was the day ruined. You're not going outside because it just stank. Um, and I live in Elgin, which doesn't. I know that's a lie. Actually, it's, it. Scotland in general. I'm sure there's a field somewhere nearby that will always just ruin your day. Um, so, so uh, I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. How, it must be crazy thinking uh, that, that you're from the northeast and you're you're on these shows with the likes of Super Crazy and and guys you you probably watched on the TV uh, growing up and you're you're there with them. Is that quite intimidating? You said you were quite intimidated meeting Bad Bones for the first time. Is it is it just like or now, three years later, you're like, oh, well, it's just a, another show, another day. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because, like, uh, like, some of the guys I became good friends with, you know, it's like, 
And, and, and it's weird because I don't think of them like this anymore. I just think of them as people rather than being like super fun. But I was like, as I said, the sixth match I ever did was in Germany. So got to Germany, we picked up in this private bus. And I just honestly, I felt I felt like Roman Reigns, right? I felt like I'm the top on the top of the game, like I picked up in a private bus on my own, you know, like felt like an absolute hero. So got to the venue, met the owner and stuff, and they showed me who the dressing was. And bear in mind, you know, like last weekend, you know, I, I was I was wrestling Riley Adams in Mintlaw or whatever, you know, like so this is all kind of like I'm just like jaw like open moments. Opened up the dressing room door and nearly wiped up Doug Williams in the bar. And he was just like he looked at me and also like six foot dude, big guy, and kinda said, How you doing on dog, shook his hand and stuff and I was just like, Oh shit, Doug Williams is here, you know, and like guys like James Mason as well, who's like lesser known in the UK scene, but he's unbelievable. He's one of the coaches now at NXT UK, like unbelievable talent. And like uh Bram was on that show as well. He's another guy I got pretty friendly with. And it was like all these people have been like quite like mesmerized to, to see, you know, and it's just like I, I never ever thought when I, I started training this would be an option, never mind like become the norm. So it was just like you know, sometimes I've got to pinch myself. Like last year it was actually a year ago at the weekend when we, when we won the, the World Tag Team Championships, me, me and the guy I wrestled with. We wrestled in front of a few thousand people in the shoots of clubs, which is like one of the most famous wrestling venues in Europe. Guys like Owen Hart's wrestled there, Order the Giants wrestled there, Otto Lands is wrestled there, Finlay's wrestled there, like all these, like Rick Flair's wrestled there, like all these top guys in the world to wrestle there. It's like, it's iconic, you know, so, um, so like I broke history by wrestling there as the biggest guy to ever wrestle there since Andre the Giant. I'm the biggest guy. I'm also the first Scottish-born athlete who's performed there uh, and I'm the only Scottish, or the only Scottish guy ever to hold a championship as well. So, yeah, cool accolades that I never thought I'd ever have, you know. So, no, but like, belts are nice to have. Like, to me, that's not the whole reason why I got into wrestling. I got into wrestling just because I went to do it, you know. So, like, it's all little nice little things that I never experienced. So, like, every time I'm there, I pinch myself, you know, so I can't believe this is happening, you know. So, um, Germany's amazing. Uh, Switzerland's probably the second best, like, place of visited for like scenery and stuff but um, the funnest tour I've ever done was Ireland which was just an absolute like it was just a good laugh it was like five days and there was um, like some E Kings of the North Tucker um, Omen uh, Adam Maxted all like all together and shows for a few days it was just a laugh you know it was just like all the boys together all sleeping in hotels together Paul Chase was on my tour as well he was, he's, a, he's a really good Really good guy to see wrestle live as well. Wrestled him a couple of times. Um, there's an up and comer guy as well from England. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, he wrestled in IPW and stuff. Corey McRae. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you've seen him. Yeah, he, he, he's, a, he's a really good wrestler, actually. Um, so he's he was just kind of quite green at the time. So he was just kind of coming to the ranks as well. So hopefully you'll see him more about in a couple of years. He's a really, really good wrestler. Big upside to him. Was, was that tour, you filmed a picture a couple of days ago um, with Omen and there was a fireball. With a fireball, yeah. First night, fireball went off wrong and like, went off in my, in my face and like, I lost like half my beard. Like my beard was quite long at the time, like it's quite short just now, but like it was quite bushy. It was like, 
the sides is quite bushy and like I had like one half like trimmed nicely with the fire and the other half like like scraggly. So I like had to get go and get scissors and like kind of tidy it up when I was in there. Yeah, that was uh, that was an experience in there. Uh, after the match, Kings of North was attacking me, but I legitimately, because it was so bright, I was kind of like seeing stars for a minute, you know, because it just also the flash. And I couldn't really see, and then I, I kind of poured water on my face and like washed my face a little bit and turned down and just seen Corvid's boot coming off my face. I was just like, all right, boom. <laughs> woke me up a little bit, you know. But, uh, just you know, it's fun stories, you know, like this is all like, this is why I'm in it, you know, it's just stories are amazing. Some of, the, some of the things you do and see and just, uh, just fun, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you're speaking about being mesmerised and meeting all these wrestlers. I mean, I'm very certain because you're you're quite unique. There's not many wrestlers uh, nowadays uh, like yourself. Um, there's probably you, you mentioned a couple of things that we'll come to, like uh, NXT, because of course you had a match at. Uh, um, oh, I'm blanking on the name. That's really annoying me. Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Moss. That's that's it. Oh God! If you, if you ever watch this, you'd kill me. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, Johnny Moss had a, a match. Johnny Moss's school, uh, one of his last uh, shows before he, he went off to NXT as a coach uh, with uh, Big Wally, and the is yeah, the largest match in Europe. So it was class as? Yeah, yeah, because it was uh, our combined weights was more than Haystacks and Big Daddy was. I think it was like between the two of us, it was like 85 stone or something like that, 80 stone. Um, so there's a couple of big guys, but like, you know, like kind of what makes me unique for my size is I carry it well enough for being like a heavy guy. I've got a lot of muscle as well, like a good muscle capacity. I actually train as well, rather than just being like just big. Like, I'm a strong guy as well, so like, and I've also been tall and I kind of can hide weight in places all over and not just like just in the stomach you know so I do have a rather stomach as well like but like Wally is quite, he's a lot shorter than me so he, he just carries me more than one place so it was just nice wrestling someone similar sized because I never really get to do that you know it's always like as you say David versus Goliath or handicap match we'll put three guys in the ring with him you know so it was quite nice for me to, to work someone who was like bigger, you know. So uh, that was random how it came about as well. You know, like I phoned uh, Marty Jones in relation to going down to train with him, and then he'd said to Johnny, I just had this guy phone me from Scotland. He says he's six foot eight and forty stone, you know. And like, and he's just like Johnny was looking for someone for that show, and it just one of the situations where the stars aligned and it happened, you know. So it was it was good. Uh, must have been a thousand people there. Unbelievable show. Uh, it was in Whitehaven, Johnny's hometown in Cumbria. I'm actually half Cumbrian. <laughs> so some of my family came as well. And like I was working here. So I had to walk past one of my best mates' kids and not high five them. And she still brings it up to this day because I never high fived her. So it was, uh, it was it was just a good show, you know. It was uh, it was it was uh, Good because of the whole England versus Scotland thing as well. So I was just absolutely hated getting bottles thrown at me and all that good stuff and kids hitting me and like they turned out and just like screaming on away. It was just just fun. But um, I did a did a couple of days training with Johnny as well uh, before that and blew my mind just how much he knows. It's just 
unbelievable. Understand why he's where he's at. You know, he's just knows everything. Like for someone he doesn't know, it's not worth knowing. You know, I think you know, like he's just uh, just an absolute ring general. Absolutely. I mean, so, I mean, you're saying that you actually you, you work out as well and you keep your strength up. I think that's probably the most important because you're you're not going to be the guy that's going to be uh, bumping and feeding uh, for for everyone because that's that's just well, not so what you're built. Certainly not feeding. No, but you're not built for that. But you have to have your strength up because you have to be the base. So it, if if uh, you're against anyone these David versus Goliath matches, you've got to be the the safe, solid. You got to catch them. You got to throw them. You yeah. got to catch them safely, uh, which is yeah. it's the most important thing. How did you get on to Impractical Jokers? How how did that come about? Uh, the filming in New York. So, uh, it was back uh, years ago. I used to be involved in a podcast based in New York uh, called the Bears Larry Podcast. I'm massive Impractical Jokers fan. Like loved it, and I just started tweeting them one day, and then. Speaking to the guy, and became one of my best friends. Guys called Danny Dovnik. He goes, "Hello, Danny. Hello, Lucas. Hello, Julian. If you're watching, uh, he's uh, a guy that just like me, fan in New York, started launching this podcast, speaking to people from Bradbury Jokers, writers, and what have you. So I became like a bit of a like fan, and then one day he said, "Do you want to come on the show?" So I came on the show and. I ended up having like a weekly segment and just kind of arms and legs. And uh, two guys uh, I became very familiar with from that was, uh, was obviously Sloppy Joe and another guy called uh, John Saluga, who is one of the comedy writers slash producers for the Brand World Jokers. And just so happened, me and my wife were in New York and uh, Johnny was shooting for them. So he gave me a shout and he was like, oh, come down. So I'll come down and then I got there. He threw me a security shirt and he's like, I played my bodyguard today. Knew nothing about it, nothing about it at all. Just kind of came out of left field. Uh, kind of glad I never knew anything about it because like, I suffer quite bad anxiety, believe it or not. You know, like, and if he told me about that three weeks ago, I would never have slept for three weeks and I'd just be focused on that situation for three weeks. So it was nice. I just turned up, did some shooting, met Casey, uh, Casey Jones, who's one of the like on-screen uh, personalities and comedy guys there as well. And uh, yeah, just kind of fell into place. It was uh, one of the better things that's ever happened in my life. You know, it's one of those things. If all those films were wrestling, I didn't make it to American TV, albeit not for wrestling, but I was there. Being wrestling. Uh, so it was cool. I mean, it's still, still close enough, still a feather in your hat uh, being on, on on one of the, probably one of the biggest shows in, in the US, uh, Practical joke, yeah. at least it's one I've heard of, so that's always a good sign. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, yeah. They said it's like, like uh, worldwide, that, that episode will see 40 million people. Like, just through like all the countries it's filmed, it'll be like 40 million people will see that. So it's not bad, it's not WrestleMania, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right for a guy from it. Oh, you know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Exactly. That's, 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 that's the maddest thing. Uh, I mean, uh, the past interviews haven't gone out as of writing. Uh, I've got guys from uh, Elgin. Uh, I've, I've got guys from Aberdeen as that as well. It's just, it's mad to me as a, as a wrestling fan thinking when I started watching, which was 99, 98-99, that there's actually wrestlers on my doorstep kind of thing. It's just yeah. blows my mind. Uh, and, and the fact that you're uh, you're 
even if it's not for wrestling related, you're in front of 40 million people, prospective people watching, uh, you, you uh, telling someone that uh, their time's up in a meeting or you're uh, in front of a couple thousand people uh, in, in Europe. It's just, like I said, mind-blowing uh, for me anyway to think about. It's, it's even more mind-blowing for me, you know, like Monday to Friday, I'm just Johnny, you know, so, you know, when it comes to the times and I get to do stuff, like, I never take it for granted. Every time I go on a show, whether it's for 10 people or 2,000 people, I give them all, you know, and it's like, every time you're stepping out there, you're not only stepping out there for you, you're going out there to give those people memories, you know, and you want to give them good memories. You know, like, I remember being in the musical when I was a kid, meeting Skull Murphy, and he was like the scariest dude I've ever met, like really scary dude. I've heard from the like, guys in the British wrestling say, absolute sweetheart backstage, but I was terrified when I was a child. And you know, like, and I actually met Yokozuna uh, in the, uh, like, in the uh, musical as well. It was one of his last ever shows, was at the musical in Aberdeen. I don't know if he knew that. Um, and I met him, you know, so like, I think it was like his third or fourth last show before he passed away. Um, so like, I actually got to meet my hero, you know, just before he passed away. A fun fact, the guy I wrestle all the time in Germany, uh, Alofa, is Yokozuna's cousin, who was wrestling in the WWE at the same time as him. So, I, not only did I get to meet my hero before he passed away, I now wrestle one of his family members, who, if I'm being honest, is probably the closest thing I'll ever get to wrestling Yokozuna. So, it's, it's weird how these things go full circle. Yeah. I never played about Brandon, you know, like, I'm just this dude from Aberdeenshire, but I've managed to kind of live my dreams, and I never thought five years ago I would, you know, so I don't take it for granted. Absolutely. Um, so I can see in the background you've got quite a collection of, of figures as well, and you're wearing uh, uh, the hat, for those watching the video, uh, of the, the major wrestling uh, figure podcast. That's uh, Zach Ryder's and, or whatever, they're, Matt Cardona and uh, Kurt Hawkins. Uh, they're, their yeah. podcast is figure collecting, and they're a big part of your wrestling fandom. Probably too much if you ask my wife, but you know, I like uh, as I said, you know, like all goes back to when I got into it, you know, like the Hasbro's and things. I used to collect Hasbro's, I've had two full sets of Hasbro's in my life, I've sold them both. Like, I love buying and selling figures. I've got a Bret Hart collection, and like, in a, I like rare figures. And I don't know why I started collecting earlier this year a mint in box Macho Man collection. I don't know why, I just did, you know, like, I ended up getting a couple through trades. And I thought, well, I've got now with these, I might as well just keep going. So I've got some pretty, pretty rare ones. Um, but I just like, just a community, you know, like I just like buying and selling. And like, it's not as geeky as it used to be. <laughs> like, I, I've been doing it for about seven years now. Um, I just sold a massive collection about three months ago. I had probably 400 loose figures on display. Then I sold them. And uh, I've just got like some Bretts now, and I don't know how familiar you are with the lines, but I've got all the old editions and some legends and stuff as well. So um, it's uh, one of these things I just enjoy. You know, it's like probably got out of hand lately because I'm not wrestling. It's something to do to keep me interested. But uh, I noticed you've got some belts there as well. A bit of a fan yourself, is he? Oh, a little bit. I. I mean, this is not. This is the smallest my collection has probably ever been because uh, when I when I moved. Um, I was like, right, I'm growing up now. I'm moving in with my then girlfriend and my wife. I was like, I'm going to get rid of my wrestling figures um, just because they're in a box. I don't display. I didn't display them anyway. They were just in a box, and they were all they're all uh, Hasbro's. Uh, I had like three different Hulk Hogan's. I had Roddy Piper. I had I had loads, but um, 
I, I just I just sold them just because I was like I don't I'm not going to display them and they're all kind of they're from the Saturday market so they're all a little bit they need a little bit of love and attention to actually be right. worth anything <laughs> yeah a little bit uh, but that, that was my old haunt when I was when I was young and single and had plenty of money to to do I would go to the Saturday market find the the person that was selling the wrestling figures and just, just rifle through them until I find one that I liked yeah. and uh, they had a uh, Hasbro ones and I just went how much for the box? Uh, so like, well, for all of them, yeah, yeah, the box. Oh, twenty-five pound. Thank you. That's my box. Thank you. I'll take the Cheers. box as well, please. Thank you. That's um, uh, that's uh, twenty-five quid each. It's just have skyrocketed the value this year. Uh, I really wish I kept a hold of them, especially my my, my paper one because it was it wasn't the worst conditioned one. It was it was really good, but I just I said. Nowhere to display them, wasn't going to keep them. I'm more into to getting the old autographs, but I like to get them myself, if you know what I mean. So, like, it could, you can go online and buy autographs, but I like to like, go get them myself, like, to Billy from Hacks or Jim Douglas. That's cool. I mean, that's what's good about guys like wrestlers, you know, they get, they get legends in. And it's mm. great for someone like you locally. Uh, it's, it's nice to, to have that, you know, like, it's. it's uh, one thing that I think's a shame nowadays is like we're running out of legends. <laughs> like a lot yeah. of them passing away. So you know, like like guys like wrestlers who in the past like ten years, twelve years, you know, like the guys they've brought in, a lot of them aren't here anymore, you know, and it's sad, but it's, it's great that they've brought that to the doorstep for people like you to get that kind of thing, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's brilliant. Absolutely. I mean that that, that European belt. I could try and look over my shoulder, but it's over here. Um, the European belt itself, um, I went down to Dundee. I got DDP to sign it. Uh, I um, got Hurricane to sign it when he was up in Aberdeen. But yeah, that, that's the bit I like now. I, I don't don't need a million figures. I just like to I like to meet them, get a picture maybe, get an autograph, and then I'm quite happy because I'm, I'm super awkward. This is fine over Zoom. I'm not meeting you face-to-face, -face, but if we were like face-to-face, -face, I'm a super awkward person to, to be around. So I just like... If I've run out of conversation, I will just stand there and just look like I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> I think it's, awkward. Like, no, yeah, I never I mean, feel like you've got to be awkward about me. Just come up uh, and speak. You know, there, there's, there's a story um, that'll come out. I, I won't spoil it for you because I'm hoping you'll watch it. But the, the interview there with Scotty Swift, I told him a story about when I met Lita. And it's just the most awkward experience you could imagine. Um, the, the one the other, the one I'll, I'll put out here is when I met Animal, who, who recently passed away, um, was, uh, I met him, he was really nice, oh, he, was, he was a bit standoffish, he was a bit tired by, by the looks of it, and I took, I had Hasbro, Hawk and Animal with me, just loose figures, because I wanted to show him, thought, oh my god, Hawk story out of this, kind of thing, and I, I showed it to him, and he just went, oh, if they're in the box, I would have signed them. And I was just like, oh, well, they're not. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> I just walked off. I often spoke to Dennis Stamp. <laughs> I was just like, I, well, how, how do I respond to that? <laughs> oh, they're yeah. oh, well. They're probably the most, most unsignable figures as well because of the spikes. So you couldn't even get the figure signed. I know. Oh, I was but no, uh, it was just, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was definitely an experience. I got to get this, the, the, the whole shoulder pads on everything. Nice. But yeah, that, just that one moment, oh, if they were in a box, I would have signed them. Oh, or nay. And then walked off. <laughs> so Just trust your dreams and walk away. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, no. It's the same with, well, Teddy Biasi I've met twice 
first time amazing uh, I got uh, I got WrestleMania four uh, the, the the do I have it some oh, it must be somewhere it must be aloft uh, but I got that signed the cover of it and told me a great story had a picture of him uh, hitting uh, on uh, Hogan with the with a chair or vice versa uh-huh. and that was amazing and the second time I met him the the place was running late and he arrived late. And I met him, I had a broken arm and everything at the time. And I was like, oh, hi, I met you last year. And he went, ah, and that was it. So, yeah. I mean, it's hit or miss when it comes to meeting wrestling. Yeah, the the it, it is like when you're traveling as well, it's hard to, to get, can I keep morale up as well? You know, it's, mm. it's funny you're saying you had a broken arm there when you met. When I met you, Kazuna, I had a broken arm as well beside my cast. I kept it for years in an airtight bag, but even then it just perished. And it was just uh, had to throw it out, but I was heartbroken. So I've just got my eight by ten left. Um, but no, it's uh, it's funny you said that. A couple of broken arm dates. I know. Well, I met. Speaking of like me and wrestlers that you think are quite scary, I met I met Demo at that round about that oh, same wow. time. I met Ted, so I had I had the broken arm, and I thought, oh my god, this guy is the most terrifying man in the world. And then he was just like, <laughs> right, come here for a picture, and he grabbed me by the shoulder and was like pulled me in. And I was like. Oh my god, this is so cool. Anyway, but yeah, I can, I can <laughs> like you say, it, it, meeting wrestlers, I, I still find it the most weirdest thing in the world, uh, regardless of, of whether they're they're uh, wrestling in Aberdeen uh, forever or if they're uh, international wrestling stars. It's, it's just again the oddest thing for me. Um, so the, the usual fan question we've got is from Kevin Williams. He, he just asks, "What's your favorite dinosaur?" So. What's your favourite dinosaur? Uh, Stegosaurus. I think that's the first time we've had a Stegosaurus on our list here. Any particular uh, reason? No, Stegosaurus. <coughs> Honourable mention, Triceratops. Ah, oh, Triceratops. Yeah. Uh, big fan of them. T-Rex is obvious. Um, yeah. Stegosaurus or a Triceratops, I'd say. No particular reason. Just uh, yeah. Triceratops, I had one as a kid that I can remember playing with, and it was just kind of cool. Um, uh, Triceratops is, if I remember right, I don't think it's a carnivore, I think it's a plant eater. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think it is. Uh, it's it's not to make, to maintain that size on a, a vegan based diet. It's pretty impressive. And plus, it was the the blue Power Rangers uh, uh, Zord. So that's what makes it cool for me. That makes it cool for me because, of course, the blue ranger was Billy, and he had glasses, so he was the coolest one. Uh, well, <laughs> at the time, I, I agree with but, you. <laughs> I wanted to be Jason as a kid, but now yes. looking back, Billy was pretty cool. But I, I liked Billy because he had my name and he had glasses and everything. But he was really the Donatello of the group. He was a bit of the buzzkill and the tech guy. When, when you and you go back, uh, Jason and Tommy were the cool Good ones. And Kimberly was your crush. That was always the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, she was she was an <laughs> <laughs> Um Right, so I think I've I've actually. Ticked off on my list. What was it like working? Uh, you said you worked in Ireland. Uh, that was was that uh, for men, right? For my research, it was uh, corporate events through over the top uh, OTT. I did one corporate event through uh, OTT in March last year. That was fun. That was a good laugh. That was such a stat card for 
for being what it was. I couldn't believe who was all there when I got there. It was like, they flew me in. Uh, I don't know if you know Tyne Iron. He's another big dude. They had uh, Martina. They had Jordan Devlin, Kings of the North, Tucker, um, Sean McGuinness. Uh, they had the lads for the flats. They had the, just like the whole OTT guys were there. Um, plus like myself, Tyne Iron, say Jordan Devlin was there. Just like the kind of good shows. I mean, it was a marketing event for um, like uh, some like customer. I never even think about wrestling. They could put anybody, but give Joey's he's uh, he's junior. He would put the best show he could, which was was, was ace. You know, it was, like they had like a handful of matches and just a big run of the rumble. You know, and, like some of the guys never had matches and were just there for the rumble, but they were like high end guys. You know, um, I had a bit of a spot with Martina in the ring as well. Um, so I was going to choke slammer, but then Kings of North cut me off, which was kind of rude of them. So maybe get the choke slammer sometime. You never know. Well, I mean, she comes to, she's Discovery Wrestling Women's Champion, so you, you never really may get another chance. Um, so, and I need another belt, so. <laughs> hey, hey, today, gender equality. I'm sure you can win that title. And, uh, you're allowed. Um, so. Who would so you, Yokozuna be one of your favourites, of course? Um, did you t- take a lot of of inspiration for your move set from him, or did you look at big guys like Haystacks, Big Daddy, uh, Vader, uh, guys like that to, to kind of mould your own move set? Yeah, like obviously Yoko was um, probably the most um, transferable in what I do. Like I do the the backwards splash in the corner. He so did he. Um, Yoko, Vader, some stuff like Bam Bams, and you like some of the stuff like Bruiser Brody as well. It's quite good for me to watch this for like character work and stuff. And um, like uh, watch some Mabel stuff. Uh, obviously, Haystacks is probably the guy I resemble most physically. Uh, some of my big show stuff, um, Andre stuff, you know, like just a lot of Andre stuff is good. Um, but it's just working sensibly, you know. And it's, it's like, like I try not on by any means a coach. I'm not born a coach, but like also as I'm getting older, and like I'm obviously like a lot older than the guys that got my experience. So people obviously just think I've been wrestling for four thousand years. So when people ask me for advice, I try and show them that everything needs to happen for a reason. You know, like there's so much people now just doing high flying moves, taking high flying moves, and all those all appeal. And I told Jack Morris to watch a match once I was in Germany. And I was like, I nearly broke his neck doing a moonsault the match before. And I said it was stupid. And he got no reaction because they were doing so much high fly stuff. So I built up for ages grabbing a hold of uh, the guy I was wrestling. And I got a bigger pop throwing him in the corner one-handed, pulling back his, uh, his, his neck, exposing his chest, Arm up, big massive club, boom, safest houses, massive evasion. I got a bigger evasion for a club than this guy did nearly breaking his neck because I told the story right of, of getting to that point, you know, and it's just something that's getting lost nowadays. So it's like the guys I study are old school guys, you know, so like I don't think people, not everybody, some people do work smart. Like I'm not saying everybody, I'm just saying like, like certain, getting you know, a, People just think like 
prime example, Canadian destroyers, you know, like people use them as a transition move now. When I first seen Pete Williams doing it, it blew my mind. It's like, wow, what a cool finisher. Now people are kicking out of it. You know, like, to me, that should never be a kicker. You know, like, Jake Snake's DDT. When Jake hit that DDT in the early 90s, boom, he just got that guy in his skull. He should be dead, you know, like, now people use it as just a, a basic move, you know, it's nothing. And, like, you've got to keep things strong, you know, like, my bear hug, you know, like, when I lock that in, I lock that in, you know, like, I'm not going to go for anybody unless it makes sense. You know, like, if I hit somebody with a leg drop, I wouldn't let anybody kick out of that either, you know, it's, it's like protecting yourself and protecting, like, the mystique of, of what you're trying to do, you know, and it's like, a lot of people kind of lose that nowadays, and it's, it's sad to see, you know, it's, um, I've seen so much guys injured and hurt doing stupid things that didn't really have to do at that point. You know, like, to me, a high-flying move should be a desperation thing to win a match when you throw everything at your opponent and nothing's worked to it. This is my last-ditch attempt to win this match. I'm, I'm going to put everything on the line. I'm looking at my body on the line to win this match. That's what it should be. But, like, you see people, two seconds in a match, jumping over the top rope, without saying, and they haven't even tied up yet. You know, like, it's, you know, it's just small things like that, I think, is diluted wrestling, you know, so like people are tired of seeing big moves, so when you do something old school they love it, but because they don't see a lot of it anymore, you know, when it should be the other way around, they should be sick of seeing me clubbing people and be excited to see somebody doing a shooting star press on outside you know, and it's like almost not like a polar opposite to what it should be it's I'm just one man's opinion but... No, no, I'm, I'm of for me, wrestling is <laughs> not the actual, doing the moves itself but wrestling should be easy and when, when you go back through the biggest wrestler of all time, um, whether you respect his own choices, personal life, whatever, is Hulk Hogan. Yep. You see Hulk Hogan doing uh, all these crazy moves in Japan. He could do all these, these sweeps and, and, and tie-ups. He could do all of that. But in America, he has four moves and he gets the large, biggest pop of the night. So yep. wrestling, for me, is moments. You don't... Uh, I... I never got into Japanese wrestling for that reason. I, I find their matches are just, there's too much going on. I have to, I, I like to have a story. I like to keep it easy. One of my favourite matches was uh, last year. I'll use a WrestleZone example. It was Damien versus Rich Star Russell. Russell is the manager. Shouldn't be wrestling. Doesn't know any wrestling moves. And for, for felt like half an hour, 20 minutes, it was just building up to Damien getting a hold of Russell. And then once yep. he did, the place went absolutely nuts. And 100%. wrestling, I mean, it doesn't all have to be moments. There's have to be six matches of, of moments to build up. Some have their places of being um, just a little solid match. Some have their places of being um, maybe a little bit of, of spots and that. But generally, the heart of wrestling should just be uh, you're going to see a moment happen. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm in sure. total agree with you. It's, but yeah, at the end of the day, when you, when you see something done right, Something done simple. It's just got a build up to a moment. You go, oh, wrestling's easy. This is just why? Why are people making it difficult by by, by overcomplicating things? But um, again, that's just that's just one man's opinion, uh, as as it is your your own as well. But um, so, yeah, I just like I wrestling should be. It should be like. I don't like comparing it to a circus because it's not a circus. But it's like when you go to a circus, right? If you just seen every artist jugglers, you would get fed up by the end of it, wouldn't you? 
But if you get the jugglers, then you get the lion tamer, then you get the clowns, then you get the trapeze artists, and then, you know, you get everything, you get the strong man after that. So, like, when I think of myself, I'm the strong man, I'm the, you know, the big guy, you know, like, who comes out, then you've got guys like trapeze artists who can do all the jumping about, and, like, and then you've got the clowns that maybe the comedic effect, and then you've got the trapeze artists who are, like, the intricate, keep you, wow, how did you do that? You know, like, everything has a place, right? And, you know, as you, you rightfully said that about Hulk Hogan, you look at the, the top 10 draws of all time, right? So you've got, like, your, your Hogan's, your Flair's, your Austin's, your Rock's, your Bruno San Martino's, you know, your Triple H's, your John Cena's, your Roman Reigns, all these guys, how much of them did moonsaults? How much of them did shooting star presses? You know, and it's like, that type of wrestling 100% has got, like, times and places and cards. Like, I, I, I love seeing that kind of stuff. But there's just not enough variation. You know, like, if Jeff Hardy jumped off a ladder through the table, you know, like he did at Royal Rumble 2000, like, uh, or sorry, the entranceway at Royal Rumble 2000, if you did that every match, you would get fed up of it and be like, why are you doing that again? You know, so it's just like, it's just getting that kind of, the right move at the right time, you know, it's like right place, right time kind of thing. There's a, a famous uh, Tom Pritchard saying, you know, if you walked out your house in Elgin tomorrow morning and you see two elephants making love, you'd be like, oh my God, there's two elephants making love in my garden. What's going on here? And then the next day you go out and there's two elephants making love in your grass. You're like, what elephants are still making love in my garden? I can't believe that, you know? And then by Friday, you'd be like, those elephants are making love again. You know, like it just loses that kind of, like, if you're seeing it all the time, it doesn't have the same impact, you know? Mm -hmm. So, that, to me, is just my opinion. Could be wrong, you know, like, I've got an old-school view in wrestling. I'm not a technical wrestler, but, to me, it never draws as much as charismatic storytelling. It's simple I as that. You know? Absolutely yeah. agree, yeah. Just, it's, uh, it's the old, uh, the, the, the kiss mentality, keep it simple, stupid. So, it's just, it's just the easiest <laughs> way to do it. Anyway, so, um, Oh, wrap us up. I think we've, we've chatted for about an hour now, and I don't want to, to keep you all evening because I'm sure once once we get into more uh, mid carders that are actually amazing, we could be here for a while. Um, but where can people find you on social media? Uh, Twitter and Instagram it is Kuma Wrestler, and Facebook is Kuma Professional Wrestler. I think or something like that. Uh, I don't really use I don't really use Facebook much still, I do, but. Um, you can find me on all those platforms. There's stuff on YouTube. Um, say hello. I'm pretty, pretty friendly, so I'll be more than happy to chat with you guys. Excellent. That's fine. But yeah, thank, thank you very much for joining me. No worries, boys. Thanks very much for your time. Bye. Bye.